Praise the Lord. Praise God. Last week, we um, started uh, this message on, what was it called? What kind of Christians are you? And uh, taken from Matthew uh, chapter 13, um, Jesus points out four groups of Christians. People that get saved, but along the way, they end up, well, three of the, three of the groups, shipwreck. In other words, turn from following Jesus. They were saved, but certain things along the journey, they turn back from following the Lord. These four groups are always in every church. They're in every church, and pastors that pastor churches would have seen uh, uh, some of these examples that Jesus mentioned of these four groups of people, these four different soil, which is the heart of a person. And um, we uh, uh, touch on two. We started on the third one, and um, uh, this third group that we briefly uh, started on last week. This, this is a major group. And, and we're going to perhaps this week, next week, um, look at this particular fawn uh, that choke this third group of people that are excited for Jesus, they start to follow him, but these fawns, which Jesus explained, end up choking. This is a very powerful uh, example that Jesus gives of this parable, uh, because not only Jesus gives the parable, but he also gives the understanding. He explains uh, uh, this parable to us unlike any other parable. And um, I really believe it's a very serious parable um, because you do have people who are going to church uh, where these examples that Jesus gives categorize them. And, and we've just got to make sure that... Um, we're not in group one, group two, group three, but we're in the fourth group. We haven't even got to that yet. We are still looking on the third group. And as I said, this particular um, in Matthew's gospel, um, if you could uh, put Matthew 13 and verse 7 on the screen. Let us pray our Heavenly Father, we thank you and we praise you for this moment that we have to uh, break the bread of life, your word, to your people. Holy Spirit, I'm asking that you will come and that you will open the understanding of your people, that you will pour out the spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of Christ. And as for me, Lord, I'm asking that you hide me behind the cross. And lift self out of me. Speak through these lips of clay. 
that what comes out, Lord, will be a blessing to your people and will strengthen your people and encourage your people. And where we find ourselves falling short, Lord, that we will humble ourselves and apply the word of God to our lives. And we give you, for what you would do, all the glory and all the honor in Jesus' mighty name. And so Matthew chapter 13 and verse 7 And some fell, these are the seeds uh, that were thrown, the gospel that went out, and the seed, which is the word of God, touched four groups of people. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprung up and choked. them. Let me read that again. Some fell amongst thorns, and the thorns sprang up and choked them. This is so evident in the body of Christ. Pastoring for 30 years now, I've seen this manifest. This is to do with the cares of this life. This is to do with money. And when Jesus gave the interpretation of the forms, he gave the interpretation as it being the cares of this life, the things, the material things. And he called it deceitfulness of riches. That's what choke some Christians and they end up turning back, being shipwrecked because of money. And this is something that all of us have to uh, uh, check in our hearts. What relationship we have with money, how we see money. The world has a view on money, and you find out that Christians are, are no different. Many Christians are no different. And they end up losing out and becoming unfaithful to God, betraying God, because of what money is able to do. Uh, Solomon says that money answers all things. Money answers all things. And this is to do with material things. It doesn't answer spiritual things. It cannot fill a, a spiritual vacuum that's in the heart of men. But it empowers you to be able to do mostly what you want to do. Go where you want to go. Buy, where you, buy what you want to buy. Uh, give you, I, I would say, a false sense of security because people believe the more money they have, the more they, they and their family will be secured. And uh, we must understand that Jesus doesn't speak against money, but there's got to be a right relationship, a healthy relationship, which a lot of people miss 
because you find out in a lot of churches uh, that money becomes the emphasis, especially when you hear ministers saying, God wants every Christian to be rich. I mean, that is such a, a dangerous statement of what that can conjure up because not everyone is at the same place spiritually. And to, to, to give this broad uh, 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 statement that God wants every Christian rich, that is not true. Not everyone could handle riches. And we have the word of God to show us how riches has caused certain people to shipwreck in their faith. God wants to supply all our need, and that need is singular, not plural. Give us this day, this day, our daily bread. God wants to provide. There are some God will give the grace to handle large amounts of wealth. And I believe without a shadow of a doubt that we are living in the last days. And that God is going to bless individuals with great sum of wealth because we're in the last days for the propagation of the gospel. It's going to cost money. Every vision costs money. Think about it. Whatever vision you have in your heart to do, you cannot separate it from money. It will cost money to fulfill that vision. Money makes the world go round, as we know. You can't live in this life without money. And so we know that we need money. But yet, in this parable of this third category of Christians, finding themselves being shipwrecked because of money. So we're going to look at this very deeply. Uh, because we want to make sure, we don't want to duck and weave. If, if, if some of these truths ring home in our hearts, we, we want to br bring those areas of our lives at the altar and says, Lord, kill this thing in me. Kill this spirit of greed. Kill this spirit of mammon in me. A wrong relationship, an insatiable desire to Get rich. I want to get rich. For what reasons? For what purpose? And so you find that with the prosperity gospel, it really um, appeals to the fallen nature of man, which is greed. And that's why several churches, a uh, good number of churches, have made, and you find these churches, mostly the charismatic and Pentecostal churches, um, um, have made prosperity, wealth, uh, the emphasis of their ministry, which is wrong. You just have to read the letters of the epistles and what was written to the churches. Uh, there are more uh, things said about money than salvation in the Bible. I think there, there's some 2,500 uh, references to money. And so we know that money plays an important part and the 
devil has used this over the centuries in the church and even before uh, uh, the church, back in the Old Testament, money was a major thing. False prophets uh, were there in the Old Testament. They were there in the New Testament. Money was the emphasis. That's why Paul made a, a clear statement and he says, I preach Jesus Christ and him crucified. Bring in the emphasis because of what the false uh, uh, teachers, apostles, and false prophets were propagating from their ministry. And, and they would have had large ministries because obviously it, it appeals to us. If I can have a bit more money, uh, then I could be more secure. I can have a better standard of living. God wants his people to have a good standard of living. Now, obviously, we'd have to look at that and not for the standard of living to have us where we are chasing constantly money at the expense of our relationship with God. In other words, your relationship with God is suffering immensely uh, because you are chasing money and um, and you have uh, no time to pray or to read the Bible uh, and to seek God. So you're using every God-given hour to, um, to make money. Um, I remember when we were part of a, net, a multi-level uh, network marketing. Um, I'm into health and we uh, uh, got involved in a product. Um, some of you were around and we were doing very well. Um, in fact, we were one of the fastest growing in, in, in the whole of London um, with, with this product because anything to do with health, I researched it and it worked. And obviously, um, I'm very passionate about health and, and, um, and, and, and our team began to grow immensely, immensely. And, uh, but we, we were under so much pressure from uh, those that were over us. I could not believe that this pastor was over us and he was saying, you know, um, uh, use your Sunday evenings. Use your Sunday evenings to hold meetings. The, the emphasis was more money. We can get that car if you get a certain amount of points. Um, we want a trip to um, Morocco as well as um, Dallas in the other product that we uh, 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 were doing. And, and um, but as, as I stood back, though it was bringing in a, a, a good amount of income at the beginning, uh, sometimes 3000 a month, I was coming into the church and uh, we were using that and, and stuff like that and others were benefiting as well uh, from that. But the pressure came from above and the company that they want us, wanted us to use every God-given hour to, um, to be selling this and to be selling that. We, we got told, listen, um, uh, uh, one of the companies from Dallas, uh, because we're the fastest growing, we had the top guy that made seven million and he came down and he says, listen, I, 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 I want to buy a yacht and leave it there at the Chelsea um, Harbor there for you guys to use it so you can invite clients he was going to buy a yacht. 
And he says, but this is what I want you to do. And he came into the church and he says, you know, you, you've got to put the product around the wall. And he says, oh, is this your office? He says, listen, I, I, I want to pay to do up this office. To have all the, the, the posters around. And I just looked at him. I mean, it, it's tempting. Um, we, we have a big vision. And a big vision takes big money. And I just says, no, we're not going to do that. But I will buy a yacht for you guys to use. Because obviously we were the fastest growing in London. And, 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 and we just had to say, no, we're not going to do it. We're not going to do it. The temptation to get money, but in the wrong way, at the expense of what God has called me for. To use my gift, my calling in the wrong way. And this is what has happened with many ministers. An opportunity to fleece the congregation, an opportunity to put on meetings for the purpose of just bringing in more money. And this is where many ministers have shipwrecked members of the congregation at the expense of their relationship with God, at the expense of obedience to God, because we must know what God is saying to us individually and how he's challenging us. Yes, he wants to bless, and some of you, you may have had prophecies how God is going to make you a multimillionaire or millionaires. And so you must understand when a prophetic word like that comes to you, an Ishmael will come along. You see what this guy did in coming from America and trying to tempt us with all that. That was an Ishmael. It was at the expense of the will of God. You imagine you guys coming in here in a Sunday morning and what you see around the wall, instead of the word of God and these posters, you're seeing the product. And, and using this as a base. Nothing wrong in multi-level network marketing. But if it's going to be at the expense of your obedience to God, that's an Ishmael. And many people fall for the Ishmael. In other words, Ishmael was not the promise. Isaac was the promise. But an Ishmael came along. And so many Christians have shipwrecked saying how God has blessed them and how God has opened the door. And you find their spiritual lives deteriorate woefully. They're now taking more time off and you don't see them on a Sunday morning because of the opportunity to make more and more money. Greed. So Jesus uh, describes this, and when he gives the understanding of the thorns 
uh, uh, um, uh, uh, that, that comes and choke this group of people. He calls it deceitfulness of riches. And so it's simply uh, uh, the acquiring of such makes a person believes several erroneous things. And this is why we have to, David puts it this way, search my heart, O Lord. Search me, O Lord, and know my heart today. See if there be any wicked ways. Lord, have I got a greedy heart? Have I got an insatiable desire for money, to get rich? What is it that I want to prove to my family, to my friends? And so the devil sees that, and he now comes with the trappings of wealth, but in a way that will trip you up, in a way that you will end up compromising your Christian morals and standards in a way that will take away your time for God, your integrity, and you will brush that aside saying, oh, God understands, you know, I'm going to give some money to the church anyway. And so the devil, uh, we end up deceiving ourselves um, in doing what we're doing um, uh, and it's bringing income, but we know it's not kosher. We know that if Jesus Christ was to appear physically before us, we will be hiding under anything we can hide under because we know what we're doing is not kosher, it's not godly. And greed has taken over our hearts. How could it be deceitful? How could money be deceitful? Or perhaps a better question, what exactly are the lies money tells? If Jesus says it's deceitful riches that end up choking that third group of people, they're following me, but money, the heart has not been fully surrendered or that area, that area of their lives have not been surrendered. So what is it that uh, exactly uh, that money lies to us about? The deceitfulness of riches refers uh, to what people's hearts are deceived to do in quest of riches and what their hearts are deceived to do after having got riches in their lives. It is what people are deceived to do to become prosperous and what they are introduced to do after they become rich. This is the lies, lies that money and wealth can deceive us. I guess when you 
look out in your world, you see the advertising boards and advertising on social media, this and that, and the advertising, the marketing of that product makes you believe if you had this, you're going to be happy. If you have that, the other, you're going to be happy. If you have this designer clothes, you will be happy. If you can get this particular electric car, a Tesla a car, you're going to be happy. If you can live in this era, in such a house, you're going to be happy. If you could have several holidays a year, you are going to be happy. You are going to be fulfilled. You see the celebrities on television and you see the bling that they have. And if you watch these music videos, they're, they're, they're showing off all their bling. This is a form of marketing. It's a deception. And you think these celebrities, they're so fulfilled. They're so happy. If only I can be like them. And some of you may have seen uh, 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 some of the uh, celebrities coming out. Breaking down, saying, I've sold my soul to the devil. One of the latest celebrity, whether that's true or not, we just got to watch that, it is Lady Gaga. And others. They made a deal with the devil. And they got all the bling, the popularity, the fame. The money. And you see it on their music videos. They like to flash the money, the flashy cars, all the bling around them, the designer clothes, the big house, the nice yacht, the nice cars. And this is what the enemy pumps out. This is what you need to be fulfilled. This is what you need to be happy and why is it so many people are believing this lie? When you can see very clearly that the majority of all these celebrities are not happy. Wasn't it Donald Trump uh, that said that the most miserable people that he knows are billionaires? Money is no object. They can buy what Whatever they want, that jet, and you see them with their nice jet, and what's inside, and the gold covering of all of this, and they're showing that off. They're not happy, you know. They are not happy. They are bored. They are absolutely bored. Because money cannot complete you. Money cannot buy you true peace. Money cannot give you the joy, the true happiness, the true friends. People just want to be your friends because you have a bit of this. But when push comes to shove, like the prodigal son who had so much money that he had loads of friends, but what happened? Money ran out, friends ran out. <laughs> uh, and then you, you have the, the, the richest person that ever lived, which was Solomon. And when you read the book of Ecclesiastes, it's like a reporter interviewing Solomon. Solomon, you had all of this, you had, you had all of that. Tell us, 
And he goes into detail what he used his money for when he began to turn from his maker. God loved Solomon so much that he blessed him with wealth and riches and fame and fortune, peace in his day, more gold than any other person, the wisdom that he had. Imagine having that and turning against your maker. And there's no record that Solomon turned back to God. There's no record of this. This, these things are there to teach us. What would I be like if I had 10 million pounds? See, this is the way that you can test yourself. You're going to find some sediments come up, some junk comes up. I'll do this, I'll do this. I'll do, uh, what about God? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, and then you realize where your priorities lies. That's why God cannot bless everyone with riches. Because they can't even be faithful in the little that they have. And believe you me, if God had spoken to you or, or there's a prophecy in your life that you know that God is going to bless you and you're going to be wealthy, you're going to be tested to the hilt with money. God wants to see or God wants to bring up things that's in our fallen nature because it's in all of us. We have a fallen nature and, um, and, and people have agreed to certain amount of degrees in their lives. And God wants to kill that thing so that he can entrust you with greater riches, with greater wealth. Uh, 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 like Shasbury. Shasbury was a businessman. And he's, he's got a road in Piccadilly named after him. Shasbury Avenue. You know how rich this man was? And you see buildings all over the UK that he uh, had built for orphanage for children. And yet he still had wealth. But the kingdom of God was paramount in his life. Where is the kingdom of God in your life? The things to do with the kingdom of God. Because what happens is that opportunities will come your way to make wealth and you find yourself in utter disobedience against God, the enemy will trap you and things will begin to go very wrong. So in a world in which success is measured, measured in money and other material things, Christians too are much as tempted as the unbelievers to love money and to employ dishonest strategy to become rich. I remember one guy in our early days, he said, because he had a high position in the church, and he said he had a dream that he was juggling too many balls. And so uh, he has got to um, 
pulled back from a number of things. And he says, I'm, I'm stepping down from this in the church. I'm stepping down from this in the church. And I'm stepping down from the other in the church. I thought to myself, that's not what God is saying. You see, he was stepping down from those things so that he can pursue money. And he did that and ended up leaving. Some years ago, had a heart attack. Thank God he survived. How deceived one can become, how deluded one can become when now greed has stolen your heart. And now God is speaking, but you are reinterpreting what he's saying to suit your lust for money and wealth and riches. And so many has been caught in that web of money. The deceitfulness of riches encompasses the pride, arrogance, extravagance, excess, etc. That characterizes the life of the rich or the lives of people when they become rich. As it is written in 1 Timothy, 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verse 9. But they that will be rich so this is a person that wealth now has consumed them, uh, uh, consumed their lives, that's become the emphasis. And look at uh, 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 Apostle Paul writing to his spiritual son Timothy to uh, speak to the church. Uh, but they that will be rich falls into temptation. So riches has its temptations. Like I just gave you of our experience, the temptation to have a yacht. Wow, wouldn't that be cool? Call my family, says, guess what? I've got a yacht. You want to go for a ride? <laughs> Down the River Thames? Huh? How many people would have just fallen and said, this is God. Hallelujah. But the pressure that was placed on us by the person, he would have been controlling us. Our allegiance won't be to the Holy Spirit on obedience to God's ways and God's word. It will be to this person. You've got to do this on a Monday, this on a Tuesday, this on a Wednesday, this on a Thursday, this on a Friday. Perhaps just have the Sunday. We could have made all kinds of excuses that this is God. Look how much money we could have been bringing into the church. What kind of a church would it be? It wouldn't be a church. It would just be a bless me club. So when Paul says that um, uh, money has its own temptations and snares, traps, there's a trap. You can, get, you can make this amount of money, but there's a trap. The devil doesn't want you to see the trap. The devil gives you excuses to justify yourself. You know it's not fully kosher, but he's saying God understands. Oh my Lord, 
and many foolish and harmful lusts. Wow, which draws men in destruction and perdition. So you can see the end of those Christians. Paul is writing to the church. He's not writing to the world. He's writing to Timothy and, and the churches around to have the letter read and say, this is what could happen with those of you that are rich. Those of you that are chasing money. It has its own snares, trap, its own temptation. It looks like God, but you know it's not God. Where are you in your walk with God? What has happened to your love for God? You used to love God. Now you just talk more of the trappings of this world, what you have. Oh, I bought this brand new car. Oh, I'm getting a new kitchen now. I'm getting a new this now. I'm getting a... And this, all you can talk about is material things. No talk about your love for God. The revelation that you receive from God and how close you're being drawn to God. You're no longer seen at any of the prayer meetings or any of the midweek services. Because the devil has you chasing the wind. If I can just make this next 10,000 and this next 10,000 and this next 10,000, then I'll be okay. And you arrive, but you're not satisfied. What does a millionaire want? A millionaire wants another million. What does a billionaire want? He wants another billion. Chasing the wind, thinking that will be it. I'm going to be happy if I just get here, if I just get there or have this. I know what, I'm a multi-millionaire. I buy myself a nice plane. I can show it off on social media. And you see those guys on social media with their jets, with their, uh, their, their cars, uh, a garage full of just cars and they're not happy and you're thinking that's what I want the devil comes that's what you need and you be complete how many Christians over generations have shipwrecked Paul spoke about one Demas but when on their missionary journey, Demas that accompany the Apostle Paul in preaching the gospel in different places. When they arrived at Corinth, it's like arriving in New York, arriving in London City. It was built up. It has everything, all the trappings of wealth and success. And Demas forsook Paul. And devil says, hey, come and have some of this. There is nothing new under the sun, you know. Nothing new. We know that our Lord himself was tempted by Lucifer. I'll give you, I will give you all of this. And, and Lucifer would have. The Bible says um, uh, that Satan is a god of this world system. He's a god of this world. Although Jesus is the landlord... Jesus is still the landlord of the earth. For the earth is the Lord, Psalms 24, 
and all its fullness. The earth is still the Lord, but Satan is a God of this world system. And so he offered Jesus like he offers these celebrities. You can have all of this. Just do this and do that and do the other. He's coming with ministers. On my social media, these witch doctors are contacting me from Africa saying, hey, we can make you rich. We can make you rich. Delete, delete, delete. Sometimes I just put, replied, the blood of Jesus, delete. <laughs> oh, these people just bombarded me for what? Whoa, uh, gosh, they must know something. <laughs> yes, every church needs money. And yet these people, and, 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 and uh, as you go through their page, because I, I go on their profile just to see, and you see all this money and all this thing, then you see all the paraphernalias of the witch uh, 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 doctor and stuff like that, trying to learn. We can make, obviously they have succeeded with many ministers, get a ring, this special ring that comes from the kingdom of darkness. You wear that ring, things start happening. Or whatever they tell you to do in the place of worship, what you can put on under the mat as people walk in, all of a sudden they change. And when you say, it's offering time, they give it up everything. Huh? We witnessed this in a, in a church one time. We went to see a minister. To, we were in network marketing, and we saw a lady that was going up and down the house, going up and down the row of the church, like that, just chanting. I thought, why? My Lord, a minister. Hey, money, money. And we all have to watch this. Church, listen, God is going to bless Tabernacle Christian Center. God is going to bless certain ministries and, and people uh, with creativity, with witty inventions that will create wealth uh, for the advancement of his kingdom. God has given uh, people certain visions, and it's a kingdom vision. It's not for building your own kingdom, as you will see so many are building their own kingdom. And they're not mindful of the kingdom of God. They're not mindful that Jesus Christ is coming. In other words, they have their reward already on this earth. God is going to bless this house. The devil is frightened. He's petrified. And that's why he has, he, he's attacked the finances. But God wants us to be aware of this third group of people. That if you find your heart inclined to some of these things, that you bring it to the Lord and he's able to purge you. So as we just read in 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verse 9 concerning uh, those who want to be rich. So there's not, it's not a sin to want to be rich. It's what is the reason. What your motives are. Why do you want to be rich? So being rich comes with its own temptation. Some of those who are rich are entangled in one sinful pleasure after 
another which leads them to destruction. Some of the scandals that has come out in recent years with ministers. And you find that money was the root of it. Money was the root. They chased popularity, so they changed their message to get people in. And so now you identify with a group of ministries because you want to be like them, not like Jesus. Three big lies people believe about money. Number one, we have started to believe a lie that money is the ultimate goal, the antidote to this potent lie is the truth that the Christian ultimate life goal can never be something as temporary as money. It's the ultimate goal. It's the ultimate goal. The uh, money lies. This is your dream. This is your goal. If you have that, so what does the Bible say? Because we know the world chases this, and so many Christians are chasing this. And so, in the book of Matthew, chapter 16, the book of, uh, sorry, the book of, yes, the book of Matthew, chapter 16, and verse 26, what is Jesus saying this? What is he saying here? For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits, lose his soul? If you believe that money is the ultimate goal, Jesus has a word for you. What does it profit for you to gain this whole world? You gain all the bling and the popularity and the wealth and the riches and whatever at the expense of your soul. This is what has happened in the church. Many ministers still have the church building in a large congregation. But the name is far long time removed from the book of life. Because the whole motive is money. And now you want to leave a legacy. What's happened to scripture? Your number one aim, let's get this gospel into all the world. Let's impact our world as much as we can with the gospel. That is the number one important thing in the kingdom of God. And this gospel, according to Matthew 24, verse 14, and this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the nations of the world. And then, and then the end will come, that is the most important thing. Let's get into these nations. Let's solve this uh, 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 problem with uh, uh, leprosy and, and uh, uh, the drinking water that is causing uh, the eyelashes to grow inward. So when they blink, 
They're scraping their eyes and going blind and all it takes is a capsule, a tablet to throw into the water to cure this disease. Why not impact? Bring a water station into some of these villages in these poorer countries. Then when you have a grand opening, everybody's going to come and you're going to preach the gospel. Using money as a bait to, to catch different types of fish, you need different types of bait. Impact our world. Make a difference in these nations. Sponsor those who have creativity. So they can make a living, a better standard of living. You get a church, you get a Bible school, you get schools into those areas. You're bringing that gospel. You're seeing lives being changed and transformed. And the more money you have, the more audience you can have with the wealthy and the powerful of nations. Look at Ulam Nos. Every prime minister and president would want to sit down with him. We had our own prime minister a few weeks ago sat down with Hulon Musk, the richest person in the world, because of money. When you have money, you can go into nation and you can, get a, you can get a hearing with the president because of the wealth that you have. You imagine thinking of that, wow, get the president safe. Get the gospel to him. Get the gospel to her. They could change a nation. But when you're constantly thinking of, I can make another million, I can make another million, I can make another million, the gospel means nothing. You use these people as pawns just to get to where you want to get to. At the cost of people's souls. Going into a nation, why don't we just get roads into this area? Why don't we build up this area? Hallelujah. This is what's on my mind. This is what's on my heart, church. I'm thinking if we can do this, people, we're reaching people, souls, souls, souls. Get education into this nation. God has given us a good amount of years of experience in education. Imagine speaking to the president, we would like to have a conference with all the teachers. We will put it on. Hallelujah. Influence for the right reason, church. Sorry, the devil doesn't like us. If something is deceitful, listen to this. If something is deceitful, it will let you down when you need it most. It will not fulfill its promises. Let me say that again. If something is deceitful, it will let you down when you need it most. It will not fulfill its promises. This is what Jesus himself described as riches. 
deceitful riches. How many heartbreak of these celebrities? Children on drugs. Husband having several affairs. They're so popular, but they're the most lonely people in the world. And money can't help them. Who is in danger of being deceived by riches? Who? Is it those who are rich already or those who are far from it? You know, you can be far from riches but still have this insatiable, overwhelming desire. I want to be rich. I don't care who I've got to step on. I'm going to get rich. Far from it. But the danger is already there. I'm talking about the church. I'm talking about Christians. I'm talking about people that speak in tongues. My Lord. Some who obtain riches believe that they are more intelligent than others. And therefore, above others. So you feel that because you are very wealthy, you are important. If I come into the church and I've got a lot of money, I'm important. Pastor should let me sit at the front bench and put Elder Vicky behind. <laughs> because I can give so much money to this church. And it happens. It happens in church. Um, you've got a big vision and someone now is giving a lot of money. And uh, they're behaving out of order. It's very difficult to rebuke them. Because now, you're now, now that person has become your God, your source, your sustainer. And this happens. Uh, this happened. May God help us. May God help me. But I will not become ensnared by Money, though every church needs money, but we don't want to become ensnared by it because of what it has and it continue uh, to do. Satan hasn't changed. He, he just comes with the same thing, but in different wrapping paper. Um, over the, uh, he's brought down great and mighty men and women of God through greed, through money. And uh, it's something that we pray, Lord, keep my heart clean when it comes to money. Lord, keep my heart clean. Oh, Lord, purge me. Lord, cleanse me from greed, from the spirit of mammon, from deceitful riches. When we had an offer, as someone came to us when we had our school to say, listen, our, uh, 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 I know someone that wants to give a five-figure sum to your school. It's amazing when you're in need, you're, you're desperate, that's when the enemy, an Ishmael comes, a counterfeit comes. Somebody wants to give a five-figure sum. But what we're asking for you to do, Pastor Derek, for you to disband your trustees, 
and only you will be on the trustee from your church, but we would like to bring others on board. And not only that, Pastor Derek, we would like to be the signatures on the check. For you to receive this five-figure sum. What is that called? Sellout, isn't it? But this happens when you're desperate. These type of temptation comes your way for you to be crooked. You look at it and he says, oh, it's a door that God has opened. Thank you, Jesus. You heard my cry. And this door is open. But at the expense of what? Selling out. Anyone that has a signature to your checkbook, they got everything. They, they control everything. If they control the checkbook, they control everything. Your business, right? The church, they control it. And this person thought that I was going to be, he only asked to see me. Obviously thought that. And sadly, you know, so many people have businesses and, or an invention and they end up selling it out. Because of the aggro, the struggle that you go through to make it in life. And then someone comes along and says, we'll give you this. And you know it's worth far more than that. But because, you know, you've just been blood, sweat and tears and not getting anywhere, Okay. Okay, I can have myself some of this. I said to him, I said, no. He said, well, I won't be able to give you the money. I said, the school was there before you came. It will be here after you go. No compromise. What has come your way at the expense of your integrity, at the expense of God's word, and you have bowed and turned a blind eye and thinking, God understands, God understands. Many different temptations to deal with situations have come our way. Oh, we can deal with this situation, but we know that you won't agree with the way that we do it. We can actually eradicate this area. This is what came to us. But you won't agree. And the person was throwing that as a temptation to say, oh, okay, just deal with that. It's a debt problem, just deal with it. And then a door would have been open. Satan would have come through. And we said, no. We're talking about the deceitfulness of riches. And when you're desperate, that's when Satan presents himself. To trap you to ensnare you, to trip you up, 
Number two, the second lie money tells is that riches holds the key to security. But behind this pursuit of finance, independence is the lie that money will provide us with security. There's a level of security, but it, anything can happen. Let me finish off this. The truth is there is no genuine security in riches. Speaks to those guys back in the 1930s in America when the stock market crashed. Huh? They were all going up in the, um, the elevator that goes, um, uh, and this is, uh, where are you going? Top floor to jump off. When the stock market crashed in, in 1930s, people were just jumping, all these rich people jumping off. All the money went because money was their security. But they had an investment and they lost it. So money was everything to them. It was their God. So when their God died, they died. Don't be deceived by this. That money will give you true security. History tells us of what has happened. And what is still happening. When, when, when you put your trust in mammon. Filthy lucre. My Lord. So you can lose it all in a moment. Money cannot be trusted to protect us. Scripture. Look what Solomon said in Proverbs chapter 11. Proverbs chapter 11 and verse 28. He who trusts in riches will fall. It's happening all the time. Will fall. Or end up in prison. You find out people who have done these Ponzi schemes and stuff like that, making so much money, all, all of a sudden it catches up with them. And where are they now? Life behind bars. But the righteous will flourish. The righteous will flourish like a green leaf. Look what the writer to the Hebrew says on this matter. Hebrews chapter 13, Hebrews chapter 13 and verse uh, number 5 to 6. Let your character be free from love of money. Let's just stop there. Let your character, it's a moral thing then. Let it be free. Is it free? From the love of of money. So this is a commandment. We you see that word let, it's a command. The writer of Hebrews or Paul is saying to the church, let your character be free from the love of money. Be content with what you have for he himself has said, Jesus, I will never desert you, another translation, nor Will I ever forsake you? So that we confidently say, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What shall man do to me? 
Matthew chapter 6 and verse 24. Matthew chapter 6 and verse 24. You cannot serve both God and money. Mammon. You have that going on at the expense. God is speaking, says, stop this, don't do this, and you're doing it still. And you are covering that up with other things and thinking that God, it's okay. You must know what God is saying to you. And anything that you're doing to, uh, and you're compromising your faith, uh, you're compromising God's standards, um, it, it's going to cause you to shipwreck. You will end up in that third category group of people that Jesus Christ uh, uh, was speaking about. That you go to church, you are saved, you love the Lord. Now, now the test <clears throat> is now with money. The enemy sees that you have a greedy streak in you. You are going to love for money. And so he throws all these things your way. And you now become blinded and deceived by deceitful riches. Riches that are now lying to you. You'll be more secured. God understands. The proud will promise or the pound. The pound will promise you happiness if you but sacrifice your family and friends and gain a little more of her money. But in the end, she, money, will leave you alone and broken. Worst of all, the pound promises a life of ease and comfort, surrounded with all your favorite things. But before you know it, it is the thing you own begins to own you. My Lord, every possession, every investment, every business requires more and more of your attention to hold it all together. The deceitfulness of riches. This is what Jesus says. The cares of life for what you want. Choke the word of God out of you. Your love for God. Where is your love for God? You're so carnal in your conversation, in your attitude. You wasn't like that before. What has happened? Money, money. And this is something that we all, my two hands are up, we all must watch as when God begins to bless this house and as God begins to add to your life that you never forget where you're coming from. Your first ministry is to God. Your worship your praise, your adoration, 
your relationship. Nothing must come before you and your maker. I want to finish off, but we're going to continue next week with this. A good number of years ago, I was at a church where they had uh, this Australian um, wealthy uh, billionaire, Peter J. Daniels. And um, we got some of his books inside there on his shelf. Um, he spoke about his testimony, how he became very wealthy, um, and what happened along the way uh, uh, before he became very, very wealthy, how he failed, I think, several seven times in his business. He said one time he was in his warehouse and it was going to go bankrupt. He says he stripped down to his underpants and he laid on the floor crying out to God. And he says God didn't save his business. So somebody asked him a question, so what did you do? He says, well, I've got responsibility. I've got a wife. I've got kids. I just went and got a job. But he continued to pursue and God blessed him. And I remember he said the next day we're going to have questions and he says, make sure you, you got your mind in gear before you speak and ask the right question because somebody asked a question and, you know, the Australians are very blunt. And um, uh, uh, this person really got torn to shreds. And um, so I just thought, boy, when I got home, I said to Pastor Paul, there's no way I'm going to ask any question because how he's so blunt, there's no way. That, and he's still alive. He's uh, amazing. I looked him, looked him up the other day. And... Um, but as I was at home, I, don't, I wasn't thinking about it. All of a sudden, a question just came. I know it was coming from heaven. And I said to my wife, pull it, pull it, quickly, get a pen and paper. A question is coming to me. And I got her to write it down. And I knew the next day I was going to ask that question. Now, he, prior to that, he said, um, now he had his currency, gold currency. Uh, and he had it in silver as well. And he said the best question, he would give this cold currency. It was encased in, in, a, in plastic. And so the next day, uh, the place was filled. And so when it came to question, I got up straight away. Because I knew that this question was not of my own making. I knew it was from the Lord. And, um, and, and, and the question went something like this, um, as, as I can remember. I said, um, I says, you know... You've been so wealthy, you've been so rich. How do you manage to balance your Christian life? Because most people uh, become rich at the expense of not going to church anymore and other things. And he just looked at me and says, I never had a question like that asked. He says, that is a good question. Then he went on to say how he's a Sunday school uh, teacher in his church, and he never misses a Sunday, whatever the deal is. Wherever he was in the world, he will come back to fulfill that duty. And everyone was astounded. And he went, he went into his leather bag, took out the coin, and flicked it towards me. And then Everybody started to ask questions, but nobody got the gold. Still have it as a, as a symbol of God's going to bless this house. God is going to bless this house. Church, God is going to bless this house. God is going to bless your life. 
but the Lord is bringing through this uh, an understanding how money can become a trap. It has its own temptations. It has its own snares. And many has been shipwrecked by money. And this, by God's grace, must not happen to any one of you. Amen? Let's stand to our feet. Hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. We give you praise this afternoon, Lord, for speaking to our hearts and just open up our understanding and making us aware, Lord Jesus, as we know about greed and many times we just ignore it. We don't think there's a greedy heart. We don't think that we're doing anything wrong until your Holy Spirit convicts us through your word as we heard several scriptures concerning this, Lord. And Lord, you, want, you did not write to the world. You wrote to the church for your people to be aware, lest they become ensnared and taken by the devil. I pray, Father, this uh, afternoon, and those who can hear me online and those under this roof, Lord, where we need to deal with issues and errors of our lives, where we're in disobedience and at the expense of our walk with you and integrity and having a good character, Lord, where those who have fallen, but I thank you, Father, that you are a merciful God. And where some may have fallen in the air of their character just to get that next pound, Lord, that you will forgive, that you will be gracious. Help us, O oh God. Give us a clean heart when it comes to money, wealth, and popularity. May we not compromise. May we not bow to mammon. But may we love you with all our hearts and all our mind and all our soul and all our strength. May we learn to wait on you because in due season you will lift up our heads. No devil, no demon, no fallen angel, no witch, no wizard, no sorcerer is able to stop our destiny. Whatever they're doing, how many money rituals are being done. I thank you, Lord, that your blood atoned and has disarmed principalities and powers so whatever ritual money ritual whatever power they're using i thank you jesus that on the cross you disarm that power every masonic ritual is nullified by the blood of a lamb thank you jesus that your word is coming to pass in Jesus name